The following is a Klaus to the Heart presentation as a part of the Jackal Creations Podcast Network and has been rated M for, for mature audiences only. Some material and dialogue may not be suitable for members of the family under 18 years of age. Two longtime friends with a seemingly ignorant amount of free time. And uh, we are recording. I'm just going to hit the record button now. Have decided to start their own podcast. I mean, I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah, it can only get better, right? Unique. <laughs> <coughs> this is their show. No format, no filter. My cup of tea, Mr. Burgett. You know what I mean? Well, I'm going to call bullshit right out of the gate. Because... Jackal Creation Podcast presents Jason Klaus and Jim Burgett. This is Tea Time. And welcome to Tea Time. Here is a part of this podcast network uh, powered by Anchor.fm. Along with Jim Burgett, I'm Jason Klaus. We appreciate you tuning in this week, and I'm happy to see your face this week, T. Hi, T. I got to tell you, I wasn't a big fan of the music when you first played it, when you first got it. But Mm. I got to tell you, it's starting to grow on me. Well, it's kind of become the gimmick here on on Tea Time. It's how we uh, let let our fans know that the show is coming on the air. Um, right. it, <laughs> it's just uh, you know it's it's become a thing. Things have gone awry in the studios where I'm at. <laughs> oh, well, listen. That seems to be the M.O., man. Things are going awry across the board, it seems like, for you and I on a, you know, individually on a personal basis. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to speak for you, obviously, but, um, you know, it's it takes things like that to make me appreciate this time that we have here to record the show because this is a much-needed di- distraction from all of the uh, chaos, the controversy, the everything that goes along with real life. Would you agree with that? Yes. And for me, with the shitstorm that's been going, I tell you, I had one full day, and that was yesterday, where I was able to just fucking release. Mm-hmm. You know, not I went over to my sister's house. Her and my brother-in-law had a little running around do. I was doing some laundry. Got she got a big old she got a big old fire going in the living room, so I had a nice fire going. And I watched uh, El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie. Okay. And, and did laundry and just had the whole whole house for like four hours by myself. How was that? It was pretty nice. I'm not even gonna lie. Even mm-hmm. though I was doing laundry. It was just nice to um, 
just not have to do shit, not worry about answer text or the look at the phone. Um, uh, and then when I got home, I, <laughs> I got my laundry put away and, and I went through the old man's room a little bit and, uh, found some gems as it were. I, now I didn't bring any out here, but, um, like for instance, I found this old belt buckle he had and I swear it's like, I either lead or stainless steel. It was quite heavy, you know. It just had the old Rams head on there, you know. That just plain Jane, you know, simple Rams head on the belt buckle, you know. I'd imagine that, you know, things like that, you know, you, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it may be a plain Jane thing, man, but there's some sentimental attachment to that, right? Like, I totally understand that. Um, found an old bird gun that I first started hunting with and haven't seen that thing in ages. You know, I mean, probably since I was whew, 21, 22, you know, just a, no stock on the barrel, you know, like four foot long, 12 gauge, <laughs> you know, and it, it was strictly, you know, my dad was big bird hunter with my uncle. They always did pheasants and we always had the bird hunting dogs and, stuff like that you know so he's had some bird guns but it just me back that time and place when i first started hunting kind of you know and put a pretty big smile on the face and then looking through some other old stuff and old pins that he got from like working at the post office and and that was another thing i come across an old ivory belt another belt buckle that had the u.s post the bird on there or whatever you know and it was just, uh, it was really nice to see some of them things. I actually and then got to bed at a decent time, so I had one good day, <laughs> you know, but it, it was much needed, you know. And days like that come along when you least expect it. Like you didn't wake up that day thinking, well, this is what I'm going to do today. It just kind of materialized um along those lines like you were talking about going through and finding the belt buckles and and different things of this nature i i can relate to that to some degree um you know a couple of weeks ago i was going through uh, i you know i was over at my dad's and i was going through some some drawers you know end tables dressers and things of this nature because uh, jeff used to live in the basement there at my dad's and um i was going through i don't even know what the hell i was looking for but i was looking for something and i opened up the drawer on one of these uh side tables and i found uh, these papers that had his handwriting on it had jeff's handwriting on it and um like it was something stupid like the wi-fi password or something like that but uh it was his handwriting, you know, very unmistakable. And, you know, you see stuff like that. And you're just like, man, you know, it really puts things in, in perspective, you know, and kind of brings you back down to reality a little bit, you know, the, you know, you go through, especially, you know, in your situation that you're dealing with and my situation that I'm dealing with, um, you know, it's easy to get lost in all of the, hustle and bustle of, uh, of everybody else's bullshit and that's what it boils down to you see things like that that puts life in, in perspective and it, it's nothing monumental you know what i mean it's just yeah. something that uh like that's 
that's a representation of who he was when he was here. You know, like I see it with with my own eyes, like that's his handwriting. And, they, you know, it got me a little bit for sure. Now, I got to ask, because I don't think I've ever, ever seen him, right? Did he have chicken scratch or did he have pen, nice penmanship? No, it was very every bit of, of chicken scratch. You got something in the oven? No. It's a nice beard you're sporting, by oh, the way. Well, thank you. Not doing that. But no, I, I, I know what you mean. It kind of... Um, it can kind of slow life down for a minute and you realize some of the things that you're going through, it's just adulting. But sometimes when they hit you all at once, it's like, okay, it, it can take a break, but you know, knowing you're not the only one going through it, it just, you know, like anything, it's just, it's always inconvenient and it always sucks at that time. But then when you get on the other side of it, you know, you realize in the long run it, it just wasn't worth it, you know, and that, you know, um, just time and patience and things will work itself out. Yeah. You know, that's one of the unfortunate things in life, you know, it just, it is, that's what it is, you know, yeah. I totally get it. Um, so you have chicken scratch? Huh? You said he had chicken scratch? Yeah, he didn't have the best handwriting, yeah. bless his heart. Um, and I don't really think he he took the time to, I'm sure if he had taken the time to actually try to write nice, he could have. Um, but by and large, like anything that I have ever seen him write, um, you know, it was very unmistakable. It was his handwriting. It was just what it was, you know. But, you know, seeing that, it was like, wow. Like, I can remember him ma making notes on, like, a run sheet during an MWO show or something like that. Or, um, you know, it just solidifies that to to a point, you know. It's like, man, yeah, this, he was, he was, you know, it's it's hard to really put it in into words, all the emotions, you know what I mean? But it so. does stop and reflect and just kind of be in that moment you know right, right. yeah I, I i i what time how far along are we in uh we're about 10 minutes in a little less than 10 minutes in so i guess we're all bracing for this big snowstorm right and listen as when this thing drops at midnight on thursday we should be in the midst of it based on what what they're talking about um that, that starts uh, you know we're recording this on Tuesday night, so we're right now we're preparing for the rain version of of this of this system that's going to switch over to freezing rain, ice, and then snow. Um, now my kid's school has already called off for for Wednesday, um, and a lot of districts have in preparation for for this thing and. I don't know, T. It looks like uh, by by the time people are listening to this, we will have a a significant weather event in in our midst here. I'd rather be at work when it starts, opposed to leave at four thirty in the morning, right in the thick of it. You know, I I'm I'm a little bit concerned that my drive home because I'm third shift. Right. Um, that's going to be a little bit dicey. Um, I am a little bit concerned about that, but, um, are you, you know, 
when you leave or is it still dark? Um, the sun is breaking. The daybreak is breaking when uh, when I leave work. Like I can see on the horizon, the sun's rising. Yeah. Um, still, it's still dark. You know, um, by the time I get to the house, it's uh, <clears throat> you're starting to see more more daylight. Like you get to see the pretty colors and things of that nature and all of this. Um, so yeah, I mean, it starts out dark, but it's you know by the time we get here, I, you know, you can start seeing daylight. But uh, regardless, it's you know a lot of you know there's there's when you when you're talking about weather and you're talking about winter storms, there's there's two kinds of people. There's ones that embrace it. There's ones that that condemn it. Um, you know, the, we live in the state of Michigan here, and yeah. and it just kind of goes with the territory and. Um, you know, you deal with it the best you can. I mean, you you pre, you hope for the best, prepare for the worst, and see how the other shoe drops. Um, it's just kind of where we're at there. I mean, are you, do you have everything in line? Are you prepared for for this winter storm? Oh yeah, milk, bread, and cookies, right? I mean, milk, bread, toilet paper, right? <laughs> And eggs too. I'm sure you've got an abundance of eggs. And hot tea. Yeah. No. No. I'm back off your bandwagon, baby. I'm back. I knew it wouldn't last long. But I, I knew it wouldn't last. Two weeks in. Well, listen, you you gave it a valiant effort, and I appreciate <laughs> the effort, but <laughs> I did. And you know what? I, I, I missed it as much as it's missed me. I mean and I, let me tell you what, I made one fine pot of coffee this morning when I got to work. Is that right? It's probably my best work, yeah. Oh, wow. That's yeah. saying something. I'm pretty happy about it, yeah. I think I got about 11 scoops in, you know? 11 scoops of coffee for one pot? Is that what you're yeah. talking about? Okay. Yeah. Now, are you talking about just like your regular size scoop that comes in the can? Uh, these are just regular, you know, plastic spoonfuls. Oh, for Christ's sake. No. no. Go get yourself. I think I use like a quarter cup measuring thing that I use to, to, to dump my cup. I just do heaping ones. I figure as the water comes out and it's somewhat, you know, black or Michigan mud, as we like to call it. Funny you say that because like... My dad and I cannot drink out of the same pot of coffee because I make it too strong for him. And, and I'm the diva. And he, like, when he makes his coffee, bless his heart, you can kind of see through the pot. Like, there's oh, a little bit of no. color to it. No. Um, whereas <laughs> I am fully loaded, you know. Can we bring him down here and talk about this? He won't talk about it. I, I've tried. I'm like, dude, what's the point? You have brown water. I <laughs> mean... Send him up to house. He wants brown water. We get some right out of the well. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, boy! Let me tell you what. Last night I brought Harley out to use the facilities before it was bedtime, and I noticed something was moving off to the right. And he's doing his business. Well, out come a ra rabbit about 100 miles an hour, and it must have not seen Harley. 
and he ran right by him. I'm talking feet. Harley mid poop pinched it off, and he was gone. He was chained, and that rabbit zigzag, zigzag, and he was gone. But had he not been in the squatting position, he might have had a good chance at getting him. Oh my goodness. It was uh, pretty interesting. He likes to chase them off the property. He's never really tried to get them, per se. He's mm -hmm. just chasing them, you know. But he, uh, and that took a lot of that took a lot of gall by that rabbit to go but so close to him. Did you get it on, on, on video? I did not because that's not something I was expecting to um happen. And I may have been using the facilities at the same time. I see. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, you getting an urgent news uh, text coming across the wires? Uh, well, there's a, a lot of different things happening. Apparently, Tom Brady has officially announced his retirement. Thank God that that shit's over. Because, you know, they like the news broke the other day, like Adam Schefter, of all people, who is renowned as the NFL insider, came out and said, well, this is what's happening. And then, you know, people from from Brady's camp said, no, he never said that and blah, blah, blah. And then today here on Tuesday, as we're recording this, I walked walked in front of the TV and that's where it's at. And, um, you know, 22 seasons and. A boatload of Super Bowl rings and, you know, a little bit of controversy here and there. But, you know, it's truly, and say what you want, whether you're a fan of the guy or not, I have never been. I've made that perfectly clear. Abundantly. Uh, um, I, like, I understand what his legacy is. And I realize that this is truly the end of an era. Um for the NFL and like he's, you know, statistically speaking, you're not going to find another quarterback with as many accolades and championships and all of this other stuff. And I know there's a lot of people that, you know, they were expecting it. Um, but I, I, I guess the biggest exception that I took, and I don't know if, if you've seen any of it is, um, this announcement that he did make, like there was little to no mention of the New England Patriots. And if I'm a Patriots fan, I, you know, that's going to stick in my crawl a little bit. I got to believe I, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not a Brady fan. I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm not any of that. Um, but if I was like, I would have a, I believe I would have a serious issue with that. Now, is he going to, well, is he going to stay gone? Because didn't he retire leaving the Patriots or was that never a retirement? That was never a retirement. That was his contract had come up and he explored other options. Is it over in Tampa Bay? Is his contract up there too? He had one more year left. Oh, he I had? Believe. Yeah. That was my understanding If if I heard it correctly during the, uh, the last game of the, I guess it would have been the, the divisional round when, uh, when Tampa Bay played the Los Angeles Rams, they were, you know, they were speculating just like they do with all the big names. Um, but it seems to me, I heard that he had one more year left on his contract with, with Tampa Bay. Um, 
So I don't know, man. It's, uh, you know, like I said, it's an, it's an end of an era. I know there's a, a lot of NFL fans, a lot of Brady fans, Tampa Bay fans. You know, they're bummed. I get it. I'm not, you know, I'm not disparaging that one way or the other. But, you know, from an outsider looking in, I'm kind of glad that it's over. So you don't have to sit there and, geez, what's Brady going to do? Well, who gives a shit? <laughs> you know, well, but the, I, the timing couldn't be more perfect because they need something else to talk about in the week between the um, the conference championships and and the Super Bowl. So here you go. Is you think you'll take a year off and come back? I don't know. I don't really care. Well, no, I get it. But for the sake of that. <clears throat> Yeah, I guess it's possible. I mean, you you look at somebody like like Gronk, who retired instead of being traded to the Detroit Lions, which is funny unto itself. But he winds up in Tampa Bay with Brady, and you know, I'm sure he's thinking, "Dude, what the heck? I don't know what to do now." He's an idiot, and I am not like I I'm more of a fan of Tom Brady than I am of Rob Gronkowski because I think he is just. He, He's an idiot. I, I don't know what else to say about it. Be the catcher of part two of Major League, that type of attitude. You know what I'm saying? The, the, yeah. I don't want to say the um, caveman, but. I mean, he is very Neanderthalish. There's like, he is the way he portrays himself. When I look at him, when I hear him talk, when I see his commercials on TV, I'm thinking this is the real life epitome of that stereotypical dumb jock. Doesn't have a lick of common sense. All he knows is the sport in which he plays. And he plays and, good at it, so he makes a lot of money. <laughs> well, I guess, but at the same time, I'm just like, man, this guy's flipping moron and I I need him off my TV screen. Like when they brought him in to host WrestleMania a couple of years ago. Um, and I don't even know what the mindset of that was that this was the year that they were inside the empty performance center. COVID had just become a thing. They had shut everything down, but they decided to go with WrestleMania anyway in, in the performance center. Um, they had brought him in as the host and I'm just like, um, what are we doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> but I guess. So it's the, as we record this, it will be the Bengals versus the Rams. The Rams. Crazy, I'm, huh? I'm, I'm very happy for both teams because these are new teams headed there. Yeah. Uh, Los Angeles was there a couple of years ago, but it wasn't with Matthew Stafford. And, and obviously with the, uh, the ties to Michigan, to Detroit, like there's a lot of people in this area right now that have switched their allegiances going into this game for the Rams, for um, um, the city of Los Angeles, for Matthew Stafford. Um, it's It's pretty remarkable to think that one year ago, you know, he was a member of the Lions, and a year to the day, he's playing in the NFC Championship and wins the game and is on his way to the Super Bowl. Um, it's 
you know, and then you got the halftime show with uh, with like the who's who of of hip hop, and Eminem is is part of that entourage. So even though this game is being played between the Rams and the and and the Bengals, and it's in the Rams' home stadium of SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California, there's still a huge uh, influence of Detroit involved with that scenario and it's kind of crazy when when you think about it and 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 i think a lot of this is so overshadowing the very good team of the cincinnati bengals like they've got a really really good chance you know and all it takes is for matthew stafford to have one bad quarter like he's had but he's mm-hmm. also been the one to bring the team back in the fourth quarter in the last two minutes, you know. So I, I I hope it's a very good game. I hope I hope it's gonna I hope it does come down to the last two minutes by either side. I think that would be um getting your money's worth, right? I mean you don't wanna do you want to shoot out? I don't think uh, you do, do you? Well you don't want to blow out because that becomes very one-sided one you know very boring and i know there's a lot of people that tune in specifically for the for the commercials um i've seen a couple of previews for some of these ads and some of them are pretty damn funny um i feel like you know the way the these playoffs have gone here this year with the with the nfl like every game has come down pretty much to the wire a lot of them walk off field goals and things of this nature, um, overtime wins. Um, like it, it, it's unlike anything we've, we've seen in, in, in recent memory. Um, I understand that there is a, a lot of, you know, eyeballs are going to be on this game. And as of the last time I checked, well, the Rams were favored to win the game, but here's the thing, man, Cincinnati Bengals relish in the role of underdog. And like everybody counted them out in the AFC championship against the Kansas City Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes and and all the talent that they have on that team and Cincinnati came back and won that thing. Um the beat too. <laughs> now anybody that's counting out the Bengals or thinking that they're just gonna be happy enough to be there, I feel like they're gonna be in for a big surprise. Joe Burrow the quarterback for for Cincinnati, um, man, this kid is coming into his own, and there is no better spot to to showcase your talents than the biggest game of the year with the entire world watching. I feel like that might be the one Achilles' heel to Stafford is like he can get all the momentum, man, but when the lights shine the brightest. That's when a lot of times it seems like nerves come into play and he's making dumb plays or he gets picked off or he gets sacked, fumbled, whatever the case may be. Um, There is not a foregone conclusion with how this game is going to go. I'm hoping that it does come down. I hope for an entertaining game. I hope I, it's going to be something that that's remembered for, for all the right reasons, not a one-sided blowout or anything like that. And I'll be straight up with you. Yes, I am a Detroit Lions fan. Um, 
first and foremost in terms of my alliances to like NFL franchises, and I would like to see Stafford do good. I have no favorite in this. I'm not rooting for anybody. Um, I'm. I, I think it's cool that the Bengals are in it because, like you said a little bit ago, it's somebody. It's a new team. Um, it's not the same. It's not the Patriots. It's not the Steelers. It's not, you know, the same. You know, the same teams over and over again. It's not Green Bay. It's not. You know what I mean? It's it's somebody new. Um. So I just you know like. Most people, you just hope for a good game, an entertaining game, and something that uh, will, by and large, take us away from all of the humdrum of everyday life, right? I mean, that's kind of what these things are all about. And start marching towards spring. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and they think Burroughs from, you know, they're talking about how, you know, hard it is to contain in that pocket, and he can bust out, and that might come down to, like you said, the Achilles heel for Matthew Stafford. One guy's agility over another might just be enough to get them within field goal range to um, uh, to to end the game. You know, being running if they have to make that choice to run. You know, and and, and some of the highlights of Burroughs, the cat is the he's pretty quick. So I like you said, it, I I hope too that it just. It's a good game. Everybody enjoys it. We have a good halftime show. Everybody eat good, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess you, so. Super Bowl, are you doing anything? No. I, I have to work that night. I see. So I don't usually do anything big for for the Super Bowl. I mean, it's I'll watch it, you know, up until it's time for me to go to work. You know, a, a lot of people that I work with, you know, they plan everything around that, that day, you know, super Sunday, as they call it. Um, you know, people have call-in days, they're going to use them. They have vacation days, they're going to use them. You know, every single year it gets down to like the Friday before and management is going up and down the line several times trying to get some sort of gauge as to what our manpower is going to be like on, on that night. And, like, I don't even know why you bother because there is always a contingent of people that will be like, yeah, I'll be in. And in the back of their minds, like they know damn well they're not coming in and they're doing it just a, just a fuck with management and then try to get it to where we don't run. Well, here's the thing. If they got to pull people from the front offices wearing slacks, button up shirts, dresses, whatever the case may be to put them on the line to run these trucks, we're running the line. You know what I mean? I wouldn't buy a truck that's that that's built on that day, um, but uh, but you know that line will run regardless. They'll they'll find a way. Now uh, coming back, you know, back around to the snowstorm thing. Now where I work, they don't ever call snow days. Like I've I've been working for this company for ten years this year, and like there's only been like one day that I remember a shift being canceled because of weather related. And I just got a notification, um, while we were sitting here recording amongst other things, there's a a variety of things that came across my phone all at once. Uh, some I'm kind of having a hard time processing, but, um, it says second shift only regular production is canceled. 
at Flint Assembly uh, February 2nd due to the impending winter storm that's coming. That never happens. Um, Second shift, though, right? For tomorrow, for Wednesday. Yeah. If they gave a fuck about everybody like they say that they do, like they would, they would probably bring us in tonight and then cancel the rest of the week. Gotcha. And just let people hunker down with with their families and things like that. Um, but no, yeah, I, does, doesn't seem to be in the cards. <laughs> uh, yeah, I too will be going to work. Um, I mean, if it gets bad, they may send us home. Who knows? You know. I just wish employers would take more, uh, more. Not responsibility, that's the wrong word, but, um, you know, that they would actually care about the employees that they count on to get these jobs done, regardless of what genre you work in, regardless of, you know, what company employs you or whatever. Like, like I understand, you know, there's got to be profits and, you know, that's what keeps the lights on. That's what keeps business rolling. But my God, man, when you're talking about things like this. And you don't put two seconds of thought into the well-being of the people that you count on to get these jobs done to the best of their ability. You are really sending a pretty powerful message as to what your workforce means to you. And by and large, it's a pretty sad state of affairs. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, 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 you know, not just. Uh, a worldwide billion-dollar corporation that employs me, but even like your your more locally operated shops and mm-hmm. you know bi- businesses and things of that nature, where you don't have a board to answer to, you don't have stockholders to an- to answer to. Like you, you have all the power to make that decision. You choose not to. Right. And um, it's. It's a shame in a lot of aspects, and just you know, this is just my opinion. No, you're abs- you're absolutely right. You got to have your good workforce, you know, and 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 make sure they're uh, they're they're able to get home to their families and return to work, you know, once things lifted. It's not like it's a all week thing, you know. It's a matter of a couple of days. Let things settle down. Get them plows out there. Get people off the roads. Right. It really isn't that difficult, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, you're forcing people to, to drive in the conditions, you know, either work or don't. And you know what I mean? Uh, some places have the luxury where it's not a big deal if you don't come in or, you know, they'll tack it in at the end of the week and you'll work on a Saturday or Sunday for straight time. You know what I mean? So it kind of gets you one way or another, even if it doesn't, you know, but that's not all places, but. You, you know, it's just, yeah, it, it won't kill them. It won't kill them to have people sit home for a couple of days until things settle down and then everybody can go back to work, you know? Right, right. Uh, did you happen to catch any of the Royal Rumble? I didn't. I kind of was keeping an eye on Twitter a little bit, and I wasn't very amused from what I saw, but that's just me. Yeah, there was, you know, there was controversy. As I mean, it doesn't matter. Like they could have booked everything perfectly, and they would have. You would have. 
you would have had the naysayers, you would have had the smart marks, you know, like, oh, well, they should have done this, and shouldn't they should have done that, and blah, blah, blah. Like, you're, they're never, you're never going to appease everybody, you're never going to make everybody happy. Um, I would have liked to have seen a few more surprise entrants, uh, especially with the men's Royal Rumble match. Uh, I think, the, like, the big surprise there was Shane McMahon coming in, Late, later in in the match and then obviously Brock Lesnar's involvement at number 30 just like an hour and a half after he had lost the WWE championship to Bobby Lashley um outside interference with Roman Reigns and and all of that stuff uh you know the story that Reigns and Seth Rollins told that was the match that opened the pay-per-view um very good match up until the end. I wasn't really too keen on how that match ended with the disqualification. Um, Man, that, <laughs> they went that route, huh? They did, but I mean, it was cool because, like, when they when they came on the air for the the, the pay per view, uh, you know, they do your your big welcome. You know, the, your cold open with the big video presentation, and then they go live to the arena. Um, the stadium had like 44,000 plus in there, which is a lot of people. Um, and Roman's music hits. And that's, I was like, damn, that's what they're starting off with, huh? And um, Roman Reigns, dude, it, like, it took me a long time to come around to him. But now, in the midst of this transformation and this tribal chief thing and the head of the table and all, like I really, like I look forward to his segments and the attention that he commands just at the sound, the opening chords of his music is off the charts. Now, Seth Rollins, who is also in the midst of reinventing himself yet again, um, <laughs> did the perfect open or the perfect walkout when he came out the old shield music and he had the flak jacket on and he came down through the crowd like they did when they were the threesome with John Moxley and very cool story that, that, that was told there up until the end of the match. Um, I was looking forward to Lesnar and Lashley. That's a dream match on a number of different levels. Um, it was what I expected it to be. Um, I didn't really see Roman coming out and costing Lesnar the championship in the way that it did. Um, but it is what it is. Um, I, uh, you know, Becky Lynch and, and Dewdrop for the raw women's title. You know, anything with Becky Lynch, I'm kind of tuned out. Like I, the chick annoys me to no end. Um, the women's rumble match, you know, there was a few surprises in there. They had a few cool spots in there, and I really enjoyed watching that match from start to finish. Ronda Rousey came back, wound up winning the thing, um, which they had a, they had let that leak like a day or two before the show that she was coming back. I wish they hadn't done that. I wish it was more of a surprise. Um, I think the biggest surprise that I was not aware of that was coming back was Sarah Logan. I didn't know that she was coming back, so it was cool to see her. They did a cool spot with Mighty Molly Holly and um, Nikki Cross, their their new resident superhero. They did a cool spot with, with those two. 
Um, you know, it was an okay show. I uh, I would have liked to have seen somebody else win the men's Rumble match other than Lesnar. I don't really think he needs it. You know, Brock, you, you can put Brock in anything and it makes sense because it's Brock Lesnar. Um, I would have liked to have seen them u- utilize that space to um, kind of jumpstart somebody new in the main event picture, but I don't book the show, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I I was surprised to say that or hear you say that Roman cost the Brock the match when I, I was surprised because why would he want that attention? You know what I'm saying? Why would Roman want Brock to come after him, knowing that he would after that for sure, you know? So but that guarantees a lot of money, you know. You put Brock Lesnar on anything and he's money. Yeah. And 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 especially you know, when you're talking about building WrestleMania, like the show itself as a, as its own brand is going to generate a lot of interest. But you put Brock Lesnar on the marquee and the casual fan, the UFC fan, um, they're going to tune in and they're going to see what he's doing. Um, now, the issue that I have right now is... Um, like they got the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view coming up uh, in February, February 19th, I think it is. And it's in Saudi Arabia. Um, Now, on Monday Night Raw this week, they announced that Lashley was going to defend the WWE title inside one of the Chamber matches. And Lesnar, who is the Royal Rumble winner, so by, by virtue, he gets his choice of which title he wants to fight for at WrestleMania, he's involved as one of the five challengers in this Elimination Chamber match. What the fuck are we doing? Why is he involved in this match? He's going to take them both. That's where a lot of people thought that this was heading, was they were going to do a champion versus champion main event at Mania with Roman versus Lesnar. Universal Champion versus WWE Champion. I think we 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 talked about this a week or two ago. You know, if if you if you're going to unify the world titles, unify the world titles and leave them unified. Don't don't unify them and just to split them up again. Um, I understand both shows want their own respective world champions. I get that, but I you know I've made no bones about the fact that. In my opinion, it kind of, you know, it diminishes the world title status. You know, if they, if each brand had its own specific pay-per-view like they did back in the day, like this was a Raw pay-per-view or this was a SmackDown pay-per-view, I understood that. But you've got matches representing both brands on every single pay-per-view now. Do we really need two world champions? Probably not. You should probably have just have one undisputed world heavyweight champion that bounces back and forth between both shows. And then if you want to put emphasis on brand specific titles, this is where you could really restore the credibility of the Intercontinental Championship for SmackDown and the United States Championship for Raw. Just the way I would do it, you know, add more prestige to these titles make them the focal points on your week-to-week basis on on their respective brands 
and really use those titles to build the stars like it did back in the 80s because you remember as well as i do the intercontinental championship was often known as the workers belt like the best actual workers occupied that title picture randy savage ricky steamboat mr perfect tito santana um, you can go back further with Pedro Morales and the Magnificent Morocco. And, you know, you go forward and, you know, like, around the time the Attitude Era started started coming into play, that's when, like, all the titles were, were becoming very diminished because of frequent, you know, t- title changes. Then they, they incorporated the European title and the hardcore title. And now they've got between all of WWE with NXT and the various brands of NXT and Raw, SmackDown, all this and the other thing, Jesus Christ, I feel like they've got like 25 titles now. <laughs> and I don't really think you need that many. You like track of that's for sure. Yeah, it is. Like it, it almost becomes mind numbing. Like I have to sit here and really think now, who's the Intercontinental Champion right now? Oh, yeah, Shinsuke Nakamura, but he hasn't defended that title in months, it seems like. And you forget that he has that championship until he comes out and he's got it on. He's got it wrapped around his waist. Um, I just, I don't know. It's it's just crazy. Yeah, because a lot of those guys that you mentioned before as intercontinental t- uh, champions are really, there was a lot of world champions there. That you mentioned. So, like you said, to get them on there, get more focus to it, bring some of these guys up, and get them to be legitimate for world titles, you know? Right. Right. Um, I don't know, man. The, the, the business as a whole has changed. And I don't think it's necessarily for the better. Um I will, I will be a fan, you know, until it be, you know, in my mind, it becomes unbearable. I'm not there yet. I'm not even close to being there yet, but there are so many aspects. I'm like, man, why are they doing this? Why is this happening? Can we get back to the formula that made it work initially? I mean, why, why are we, why are we doing this? Um, I don't know, man. It's I guess that's just part of, uh, you know, the transition. You know, as as we progress in life, you know, things aren't always what they used to be. Right, and I think that's what happened to me. Where I'm just the farther away that I'm getting, the better I'm feeling about it. And it's and it's I can't believe it's coming to that. You know, because I used to love it so much. And I enjoyed it, and it's, but a lot of things ruin it for me, and then I'm just not interested because, like you say, you sit there and you'll be like, "Why is this happening?" Yeah. But oh, we'll wait and see what happens here on the road to WrestleMania. Um, Two night extravaganza takes place uh, the first weekend in April. Um, AT and T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, is going to host this thing, so. Uh, with the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view coming up in February in Saudi Arabia, uh, it's you know that's going to, that provides an opportunity to really take the storylines into 
different ways. So it's kind of hard to predict right now where, where this is going. They could go a number of different ways, but just have to wait and see, I guess. Have you uh, watched any good movies lately? No, no, not really. Groundhog days coming up. Yeah. Tomorrow as, as we're recording this, which will, you know, by the time people listen to this, it will have been yesterday. Aren't you feeling a little Bill Murray-ish Groundhog Day movie-ish? I don't know what I feel right now, T, to be honest with you. I'm kind of numb. Just in general, numb. Um, I just, I, I don't, I don't have much interest in anything right now, to be honest with you. Well, we'll talk late. We'll talk after the, um, after we're done here. And it, uh, anything else you wanna you wanna discuss here this week? I don't have anything else, T. I know okay. um, we hit we've been hitting and missing, but it'll come back around. Yeah, I know. I know. That's you know that's life. Um, but uh, I mean, there is uh you know that's you know you gotta take. You know, it's like it's like the facts of life said, man. You take the good, take the bad, take them all, and there you have the facts of life, right? The facts of life, yeah. <laughs> Great song, man. Those the <laughs> those entrance to all those older TV shows, people don't realize just how good they had it. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Well, we certainly appreciate everybody tuning in this week and um if you have any kind of feedback, questions, comments, concerns, that type of thing, you can send us a direct message over to um, our Facebook page. Just look for Tea Time Pod, or you can send us um, an email through our website at klaustotheheart.net. For Jim Burgett, I'm Jason Klaus. We appreciate you all. We'll see you next Thursday, beginning at 1 a.m., with a brand new episode of Tea Time. Tea Time.